Hello, how are you? Welcome to episode 22 of Be Bougie, Be True, Be You. I'm Charlotte Jones. I hope you're having a good week. I'm going to be completely honest with you right now and say that I am loving the fact that people are putting their trees up earlier this year. I know some people do put their trees up in November and most people say from the 1st of December. And to be honest, I'm a huge Christmas fan, but I'm normally from the 1st of December as well. But it's been such a rubbish year for so many different reasons. Why not make the most out of Christmas? Because Christmas is still going to be different for a lot of people and there are going to be different rules in place and stuff. So let's just do what we can to have as much fun as possible. And it's making me feel so festive. I've even started searching on my music for me, for me, for my Christmas playlists. And I'm feeling very festive already. I have been looking forward to recording this episode for the podcast for so long now because I genuinely didn't know if my guest would do it. So my guest is a very, very good friend. She's one of my oldest friends. Her name is Kat Callow. So Kat is an actor and a stage manager. We've known each other since year nine. You'll hear all about this in the episode. We've been friends for years, but we had a very, very different outlook on romantic relationships growing up and the way that we've grown up we've both learned a lot and changed a lot and things have conflicted things have changed things we now agree on that maybe we wouldn't when we were younger and I am so grateful to Kat for coming on and doing this episode with me because she was so open and vulnerable about her situation, how her romantic situation has been over the years and how she's dealt with it because I think she is very independent and it's something that we're used to people talking about having relationships, boyfriends, girlfriends, all that kind of thing but for someone who is single and can own being single for a long period of time I think that's incredible. So I'm not going to chat any more here. I will also put the link to Kat's social media pages on the description of this episode but her Instagram is at Kat Callow and her Twitter is at Kat underscore Callow. You're listening to Be Bougie, Be True, Be You with Charlotte Jones, the podcast to chat about a little bit of anything and everything. Welcome, Kat Kello. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm actually so excited to do this. I can't believe we've left this so long. I know. I Do you know what? Because <laughs> as close as we've been for as long as we've been friends, which is literally going on, what, 15 years now? You, I think it's more than that. Yeah. So <laughs> I think it's... But that's just, you know, we're not that old yet. So we're, But it's the fact that this is something we sort of talk about, but we've never spoken about it in the way that we're going to today and that's why I'm so excited because I can't I, I have no idea what you're going to say so I'm I can't wait I think it's going to be interesting because I think we've both had different experiences very different experiences so mm. today what we're going to talk about is relationships and how we felt about boys at school and how this has evolved as we've grown into adults because we are both now 31 32 so we've had a good so, you know it's okay it's okay <laughs> And we're at this point now where obviously our views 
our experiences have will have changed a lot over the last 10 to 15 years and we were very different at school which is why I really want to talk to you about this because I feel like we were complete opposite ends of the spectrum when it came to boys and relationships and romances and having crushes and all that kind of thing. So basically to start I'd like to know what are your memories of school and how you felt about boys and having relationships? Do you know what I've been thinking about this recently and I always you, you know that whole thing when you're a kid and you don't like boys? Yes. I think I never really came out of that. Really? later on in my teenage years. Okay, what and age? I, think, oh, I don't know, like probably around 16. Okay. 15, 16. I think it goes back to the first school that I was with. Obviously, I know you from uh, our second, my second school. Yeah. So the school that I was at before, I did get bullied quite badly. Right, okay. And at the time, I felt like the boys bullied me more. In hindsight, I've seen it was actually the girls. But at the time, I was like, oh, the boys are the ones that are bullying me. And they used to say things to me like, oh, um, you're not pretty and blah, blah, blah. They used to say this to... And at, like, at the age of 12, that's quite damaging. That's awful. Yeah. So I think I carried that. In fact, I definitely carried that when I came to um, our school. Well, and, we were at an all-girls yeah. school, weren't we? And Yeah, that's why I chose it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what, though? It's exactly the same. I started at year seven and you came in, you started in year nine, didn't you? So we would have been 13 yeah. when we met. But yeah, I started there for the exact same reason of thinking, I hate boys, they're horrible, they're mean. I'm so excited for an all-girls school. So I totally understand what you're saying there. Mm. And I think when I came to um, Donata... I'm going to say the school's name. <laughs> I, I do remember that year being really hard because I didn't realise, until I met you guys, I didn't realise what it was like to have people who wanted to be your friend. Oh, really? And I think that's when I started to realise how badly I'd been bullied. And yeah, I think that's where this whole fear of getting too close to someone, right, maybe, okay. has come from. And I think that affected me massively through the teenage years. So while all the rest of you were going off, going after boys, I was like, do you know what? I'm too scared to do that and I don't want to put myself there. So I've stayed away and then got used to it, if that makes sense. It does. But what I find fascinating is I never saw you being scared. What I have always admired you for is you just seemed really independent and unfazed by boys or having relationships because... So we were a group of four at school and then one of our other friends, Charlotte, so there's me and Charlotte, and (laughs) we were boy mad. Like, we would talk about (laughs) boys all the time. I know you used to get sick of us because we'd always have boy drama. There'd always be someone fancying someone, someone fancying that someone else fancied. And, and we that was all we did. And I felt that you were very good at being the one to go to for advice. But you just, you held your own. You weren't caught up in all of this. And that's how I remember it. So I would never have said that you came across as nervous. Yeah, well, I'm very good at hiding how shy I am. You, you know that I'm shy. <laughs> you know that. So... Yeah, I mean, I just never felt comfortable around men. Right, okay. And so I would, I kind of preferred to not be with them rather than put myself in that uncomfortable situation. You just felt safer to stay out of it. Yeah, and I think it didn't really bother me that much, to be honest. I was quite happy, you know, I was concentrating more on, I would do things like I would do plays and I would do dance shows and everything outside of school. So I was more focused on that than going out and getting with a guy which is what you guys are focused on (laughs) (laughs) pretty much yeah I I can't deny that so (laughs) what do you remember thinking about for example Charlotte and me when we were always talking about boys what do you remember from that time oh god (laughs) you guys were crazy 
honestly i just used to you know it was proper like rolling my eyes moment it was i i remember you going through stages where uh, <laughs> come on get it all out let's get it all out <laughs> well, you used to, i think it's like year 11 or like year 10 where you didn't really have like a boyfriend for a long amount of time it was like a few weeks and then you'd break up with them because of these stupid reasons <laughs> and it, i used to think why what is the point what why are you with them and then you kind of break up with them for a silly reason and then you'd get with the next guy like a week later and do the same thing and it went on and on and on and on I was like this is actually like ridiculous is that what you thought so at even at age like 14 15 you were like these girls are being ridiculous is that yeah how <laughs> so- I did I was like this is crazy well, I, this is what I find so interesting. So do you think that teenage girls are encouraged to become sort of boy mad and, you know, become obsessed with relationships by our society and the way we're sort of shaped? Because I feel like it's, you're told, I always remember once you got to 13, family members saying, oh, so have you got a boyfriend? And I do it now. You know, we've got, we share goddaughters and quite often one of them's 10. And I find it fun to wind her up and say, oh, are there any boys in your class? Like it just comes out automatically. So I actually did that the other day. <laughs> did you? Yeah. <laughs> and she hates it, doesn't she? She's like, no, no, I don't like boys. <laughs> but do you, yeah, what do you think? Do you think we are encouraged as like a more of a society thing? It's funny you mentioned family there. Okay. Because I think my family's been the opposite to that. As mm-hmm. as when I was younger, really? as I've been older, yes, I get it all the time. But when I was younger, it was never they never mentioned like boys or relationships or anything like that. Really? It was, yeah. It was sort sort. Of, I mean, your mum's quite open, so I mean, I probably spoke to your mum more about it than I would to my parents. Right. Okay. Because. I don't know, they just, they just didn't, I don't know whether it's because my parents were a lot older than me. Um, they're, they're older parents and it's just the time that they're from, but they just don't talk about that sort of stuff. Like I feel awkward even today if I talk to my parents about like relationships and even about sex, that is like a taboo subject. Really? Like, yeah, it just feels really uncomfortable and awkward. There's like a disjointment there. And um, that, that can kind of spill over though. So that might explain why maybe you didn't talk about relationships or boys as much because maybe you felt like you weren't supposed to. Maybe. I think I was just very, very innocent and naive as right. well. Like I had that innocence. Like I wouldn't swear. Like I hated swearing. And then I met you guys and now <laughs> I swear quite easily. <laughs> I know I feel like we're such a bad influence you're saying all this and I'm like oh my gosh you came in (laughs) you came in like this naive young happy girl and we kind of took you over and (laughs) I was very innocent but it needed to happen like I was kept in this bubble I suppose a little bit and yeah I just feel like what did you really what did you I well I feel like what did you enjoy about seeing us being the way we were if you were in such a bubble when you came to Donata and became friends with us what did you enjoy about seeing a different side of a female friendship do you know what it was the support and not being I was the one at school that was the uncool one everyone made me the uncool one and they I was the one that no one wanted to be friends with because I was uncool I don't know why they thought that kids can be really mean but that's just Mm. how it happened so when I was with you guys I think it was more your your energies you were so happy you actually wanted to talk about things we were more open about things I mean even like periods and stuff like that yeah just shout it across the classroom (laughs) Uh, we did yeah (laughs) I think it was we were all more open and it was more authentic and genuine and that's how I think we've how why we're still friends today to be honest with you yeah and I just think that was probably 
fun. It was fun to be around you guys. Oh, well, thank you. But uh, it's funny you say that because when you said about shouting things about periods across the classroom, I think that is one benefit of being a girls only school. I think had there, I mean, I obviously, I can't speak. I never went to a mixed school in my teen years, so I don't know what that's like. But we didn't feel the pressure of having to be embarrassed around boys about things like periods. So we could be Mm. more girly about it and we could be a bit more open because we were all going through the same thing. So no one was going to make any silly comments. Yeah, 100% agree. And I do remember at my first school, I mean, I, I started my period um, just before I came to Genosa, so I didn't actually have it when I was at the other school, but a couple of the girls did. Yeah. And they, I mean, they wouldn't they wouldn't even tell us. They wouldn't even tell the other girls. And it that's was, so sad. Yeah. And we used to have sex education with the boys as well, which was just, in a way, good, in a way, not. I found like it was, they just took the piss, so it made us want to just be like, nope. We're not talking about it. Do you think, because we're talking about now about having mixed and single sex schools, and we both said why we wanted to go to a single sex school. We love the idea of no boys around because at that point we were kind of anti-boys because we thought they were mean and all that kind of stuff. But do you think maybe we were a little bit more boy crazy, so to speak, because they weren't there? So if we had been in a mixed school where we had... I feel like this is the wrong way to say it, but we would have had more access to boys on a regular basis. But we didn't. So anytime we met a group of boys, I think, do you think maybe being in an all-girls school made that more intense? Uh, for me, no. I mean, what do you think? <laughs> I think yes. and But the reason I base this on is, like they like said, so we were never... The, we weren't the cool girls, were we? But we weren't the unpopular. I feel like our group at, at school was very much the middle ground. We were like the in-between. Mm. We were like the definition of the in-betweeners. We weren't cool, but we weren't <laughs> uncool. But you used to watch, so like the popular, what we considered to be the popular girls, they always had boyfriends and the boyfriends were always like two or three years older. So I feel like I remember wanting a boyfriend for the first time because one of the girls in the group, who was actually quite nice, but she was considered one of the popular girls, she'd got this 16-year-old boyfriend. And that was the first time I remember thinking, oh, I'm interested in boys now. Oh, I want to go find a boyfriend. And we used to share a school bus with the other, a school down the road, which was a mixed school. And I used to get on... This is how... Okay, this is just being completely open here. This is how boy crazy we were. I used to get on Charlotte's bus to go back to where she lived, which was a good half an hour away from where I lived, just to hang out with the boys on her bus and find a boyfriend. Like, that's what we did because we had no other access to meet boys anywhere. And I do remember with my first boyfriend, I I don't think I actually wanted, I don't think I was ready, but because I saw the other girls talking about it and being so cool, I wanted to try it. And I got my first boyfriend and then I, I actually dumped him before I met him. Charlotte set me up, so apparently we were boyfriend and girlfriend. And then I couldn't meet him, I was too scared. I was like, no, 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 actually. So I broke up with him before I met him. So I do think that there is a form of of where we were sheltered from boys in that sense. Mm. We were almost over keen to find out what it was about and experience it because we had no idea what it was yet. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I I remember that. You guys are so funny. <laughs> but I always yeah. remember that you were, in a sense, I don't, like the mature one, you were always very grown up and you were always very good at listening to us when we had our, like you said, the silly dramas and the fallouts. And I mean, there were times Charlotte and me would fall out over a boy because we'd get that caught up in it. And yeah, you would. <laughs> we don't do that anymore, thankfully. But <laughs> growing up, obviously, like I said now, we're a good 10, 15 years later. You have always been very independent and self-sufficient and we've experienced you've explained obviously that some of that did come from fear and actually you felt safer by keeping yourself away from thinking about boys or relationships but how do you feel that's changed for you as you've become an adult that's a hard one because 
I feel like there's good things and there's bad things, I suppose, to get that with everything. Yeah. Like, I mean, I have been independent in terms, emotionally independent, I think is probably the right, right way to say it. I've always been able to cope with things emotionally on my own without having needing someone to help me through that. Um, and I don't think everyone feels that. I think everyone feels like they need people to help them. And maybe, maybe you do. Maybe I need to be more open with people. But uh, I just, I don't know. I feel like... I had a different outlook on life. Like I, I would watch people, not necessarily you guys, mm-hmm. but in general, like, I'd watch people change their lives for a guy and go and do something for a guy that they never didn't necessarily want to do. Yeah. Like, and it, I used to feel like, why are people doing this? I never used to understand it. And um, I think with me being independent and self-sufficient, I kind of was able to rely on myself and I didn't have to worry about someone else and having responsibility for someone else and worrying about someone else's feelings all the time and I've I've watched people go through relationships and they've been there's been some really good relationships and there's been some relationships that have been really bad and I'm like do you know what I'm quite happy not having that yeah but I (laughs) admire that so much yeah and I I, I don't know I think I feel people's pain as well because obviously I do consider myself to be um, a good listener people always come to me and talk to me about their problems and you know I feel like I live some people's relationships through them telling me everything that's going on and it's I think I take that on as well I think it's quite sad when people have relationships aren't going well and you know they don't really know what to do about it and I see this anguish and I see this pain and I'm just like I don't I'd rather not put myself in that situation I'd rather be on my own and not having to deal with it But I was going to say, that made me think, so when you see your friends who do go through the more difficult relationships or the upset, do you think that has added to the fear that you felt as a child about boys and relationships? A little bit, yeah. Really? A little bit. I mean, not not necessarily. Um, I think uh, I think it's made me have a different outlook on what I want from a relationship. And like, I, I feel like I have, I owe myself more respect, if that makes sense. That doesn't make sense, does it? <laughs> no, it, I, I, I was going to just say, could you just clarify what you mean by? I, I, do you mean um, that you sort of your the standards I that think, you've set I for think, a relationship? Yeah, so I have I've set standards. I mean, you know me, I've always had high standards when it comes to guys, and I think it's <laughs> it's more. I mean, partly it's a fear thing and not wanting to put myself there, but I think it's partly because I don't really want to put myself in a relationship with someone who's going to make me unhappy, and I think I'm hi- I think I'm hyper conscious of that, right, and. Um, I just, I, I feel like I have a, maybe got a slightly different outlook on relationships to people. I'd rather, I, if I was with someone, I would like to think that I wouldn't be overly clingy. I think, I don't know whether this is partly because I'm an only child and I'm used to having my own space and being on my own, but I need to have time on my own. I could be in a relationship with someone who wasn't here all the time. I think I would be able to cope cope with that. That would suit me better than having someone who's constantly in my face all the time. I wouldn't be able to cope with that. And I think that's sort of what I mean. It's sort of finding someone... I owe myself that in a way. Because the guys that I've been with in the past, as soon as they get clingy, or as soon as they emotionally want too much from me, I'm like, no, go away. <laughs> I can't deal with that. <laughs> But the thing is, overall there, I actually feel you have described what would be the idea of a very healthy relationship. Because I think we are sort of taught that clingy is supposed to be a good thing. But realistically, it's not. Like the idea, I think the idea of a 
there's no such thing as a perfect relationship but the idea of a Mm. good positive relationship is that it's the cherry on top of your life it's not your life your life is already great on its own and a good relationship is just supposed to add to that and I do think that if you compare the way that say I was sometimes Charlotte was we have definitely fallen into the category of we've let our relationship become our lives rather than having our own life and then when you try and strike that balance it is very hard to navigate but do you think that maybe as much as I think like you said that answer was more or less spot on but do you think sometimes maybe you you might struggle to get into a relationship because of that that fear of the clinginess yeah probably um I find it difficult to trust people as well I find that really hard why why is that I don't know I just find I, I don't know whether it's because I've been hurt in the past like with with guys and with uh anyone really that I I just I don't know I just find it hard to trust people it takes me a while to trust someone I'm just a very independent person I just couldn't be with someone who was constantly draining on my time I think that's what it is but that's that is I honestly believe that is how and this is coming from me who actually used to quite enjoy thinking that a relationship would be everything and Mm. I've learned a lot over the last couple of years where that's not right and that's kind of takes me back to what we were talking about earlier where I said do you think society encourages women a bit to rely on men so much so that men do become the focus of our lives because if we're talking about boys from the age of 12 13 onwards we are taught that relationships are everything because that's our focus and that's why I have always admired and I'll be honest so what I've always admired you for how independent because you are so much stronger in that sense but I always remember as well being younger being a bit confused being like but why aren't you a bit more like excited by a boy or why aren't you a bit like I remember not understanding like I, I admired it but not understanding it because I was like it seemed so much more normal in air quotes to be <laughs> obsessed with boys than not to be that's interesting you say that I didn't realize you felt like that well I think I think it is like as you say it's a sort of it is what society expects and I think it's just how like teenagers like being boy mad I think because you're around it with with your friends and you know there's peer pressure isn't there at that age and there's all this like expectation I used to the thing I used to hate the most Charlotte was the whole virginity thing right so it was all like, oh, you need to have a boyfriend by this age. You need to have kissed someone by this age. You need to have lost your virginity by this age. And if you haven't, then you were judged for it. Completely. So, I, I, yeah, I think what you're saying is right. Like, there is this thing about... I mean, you spoke about it in an earlier podcast um, about, like, the society expectations that people have for for females. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for relationships as well. Like, there are these milestones that you have to pass. And you have to pass them on certain ages. Um, or by certain ages because otherwise it's like what's wrong with you like people used to say to me what's wrong with you they actually said that as in outright literally because <laughs> I I mean I lost my I mean I I find this so embarrassing and I, I'm a bit more settled in my grounded in myself now so I don't find it as embarrassing but like I did lose my virginity at an, at an older age I mean I was 25 but to people in our society that is shocking and I used to lie about it at university I lied to my friends at university and said I'd lost my virginity because anyone who did know it was like, well, why haven't you? Like, why haven't you kissed someone? Why haven't you done this? Why haven't you done that? And they used to say, they used to have this expectation. The amount of times I've been asked if I, um, if I was a lesbian. Now, there's nothing wrong with being a lesbian, but I know that I am not. And I used to get told, asked that all the time. Well, you must be a lesbian because you haven't, you haven't got a boyfriend 
I feel like there's something broken in society where these expect—it's all about like your outward image and um, what people think. It makes me mad. Like what people people look at you and judge you, and they're like, "Oh, you should have done this and you should have done that." And like, I'm guilty for it as well. I've judged other people, um, and like obviously in self-reflection in the last like couple of years, you start to—I think I don't know whether it's just because we're getting older, but you start to notice these things more. And I'm just like, why? Why is everyone so judging? Of everyone. I think it's fear. Yeah, maybe. Because what you said there just actually made me feel so sad because I didn't know that you had experienced that on that level at all. Like, my understanding of it, the thing that I know that we used to do, which which annoyed you, and I got to an age where I, I sensed it more, so I stopped, but would be when we would go on a night out and we would try and push you, like we'd find a guy and be like, come on, cat, come on, cat. Let's... Oh, God, yeah, you did do that. We did do it all the time. <laughs> and when we were first going clubbing, so like 18, 19, I, I didn't pick up on your vibes that you weren't comfortable with that. I would be like, oh, you know, like, so I was guilty of it. But I do remember a couple of years in, I could sense you were like, no, stop this. Like, I'm not interested in just doing that. And I, and I, but the fact that people have said things that, like you said, there is absolutely nothing wrong with being a lesbian. But the fact that they think that must be the only explanation as to why you are not Mm. interested in a man is, like you said, society is broken if that's the only reason. The fact that you are just a very strong, independent person doesn't seem to enter people's radar is quite terrifying. It's like, I mean, you've spoken this on another podcast, so I don't want to go into it too much, but the being the whole being defined by a man thing, I feel that massively. Like, that is it's so true about you have to have a man to be defined, even in, I mean, we're in the 21st century, for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. We live in the UK, which is one of the most, like, forward-thinking countries in the world. And still to this day, women are expected to be you are expected to be with a man, you are expected to have kids. And I can't remember who you were talking to in that podcast. Was it the episode with Georgia Holiday? Oh yeah, yeah, it was that one. Mm-hmm. And um, I really connected to that because I everything you were saying in it, I was like, I get this, like, this happens to me every day. And you know, the whole thing, have you got children yet? Or are you gonna get married? When am I gonna get grandkids? All this rubbish. I get quite a lot. It makes me quite angry because, and it kind of makes you depressed as well because you start questioning yourself, thinking, "What is wrong with me? Like, is there something wrong with me that I haven't, you know, can I done be on- this yet?" Can I be honest and say I think it's the extreme opposite? I think you are the person who actually has it sussed, <laughs> and we're all <laughs> the ones. If we're asking you questions like that, to be honest, it means that there is actually we've got more work to do and we've got more things to learn because. Um, I can speak from the fact that I very much lived the checkbox, li- checkbox life for most of my 20s of mm. have the nice, sensible boyfriend, get engaged, buy a house, get married. And my experience of t- meeting those tick boxes and seeing the different ways people treated me compared to then being on my own again and starting again and the difference in the way certain people treated me, it's you don't realise how, like I've not realised because I spent my whole adult life in that same relationship, just how much you are defined by your relationship. Because when you're back on your own again, the questions, the looks, even sometimes just the odd response to something is so different. Yeah, 100% it is. And I think that you honestly need, don't ever let the, the strength and the independence that you have be knocked by other people's questions or responses to the way that you live your life because you are actually the healthiest by far in the sense that 
you are not relying on anybody else. And what a lot of work is being done with coaches now and sort of uh, therapy sessions is we're realising how much we expect when we need to rely on another person, we're automatically giving somebody else the power over our lives. And that's not how it Mm. should be. You need to be responsible for your own life. And when you've nailed that, that's actually when you're in the healthiest position to look for a relationship. So you've actually got it spot on. But the fact that you've had so many difficult questions, like to me, like that, that upsets me because you are, you are living your life for you. Why should you have to live it for somebody else? This is the thing. This is the thing. Like, why, why should you have to be in a relationship with someone and, or do, even with anything in life, do something? I mean, I get it with careers as well. I know you do sometimes as well, but I get it massively. I get massive pressure from family to do with career. And it's, it's, it's like, why, why can they not just accept that that is what's going to make you happy? Why do they try to force people to do stuff that's not going to make them happy? Like, oh, you need to be in this relationship because blah, blah, blah. Or you need to do this career because, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's it's all to do with image again. I just feel like everything is so image driven these days. Completely. It's about, again, referring to the checkbox, it's like that somehow society has deemed what's a successful life and what's unsuccessful. So if you're not meeting what they think is successful, it means there's something wrong. Whereas what I feel like we are starting to learn is how many people are meeting these tick boxes, but they're miserable as anything. So how many people Mm. are getting the really successful job and earning loads of money and are married, but their lives feel empty? And yet, for some reason, as much as we know this and we see it more and more, more and more people getting divorced, more and more people packing up their career and flying across the other side of the world because it doesn't fulfill them. And yet we still, in day to day conversations, expect people to answer with the yes, I'm happily married or yes, I have this very sensible job and it makes me very happy. And we're not quite putting the dots together yet, I don't think. No, I don't think so. I think people have... I've noticed more and more that people are just not willing to listen. Yes. I don't know whether it's because I've always been a listener, but, like, people are just not willing to listen to other people. And I actually experienced this uh, a couple of years ago because I was around a group of people who were very, very opinionated about things. Um, And that's great. And, you know, you do want to learn from each other. But they used to try and force their ideas on you and they would not listen to someone else's opinion on the matter it was kind of like well this is what it is and you should be thinking like that um and I just feel like in this day and age more more so than ever with obviously everything that's been going on this year and in the last few years people just aren't listening to each other they're just going well I'm right so that's how it is completely agree with you and I think as well that to me says that you are not secure in yourself because I am fast learning that the more secure you become in yourself Mm. the less you care how how somebody else is living their life because you're content I think for example when my relationship back in my early 20s it went through a bit of a rocky time with long distance there were breakups and get back together before we figured it out and when I was at my most vulnerable with it I was heavily judging so many of my friends relationships but deep down I wasn't judging their relationship it's because I was feeling so vulnerable about my own and so scared about what people were thinking about mine, like, well, why are they getting back together again? That (laughs) if I made everyone else's look bad, I would seem better. Like, that is me holding my hands up and being completely honest. So I feel what you're saying there, like, if people are judging you, deep down, it's because they want to prove that they are living their life the right way. So if you're doing it differently, you might be saying that they're wrong and they don't want to be wrong. It can be jealousy as well. Like, people put people down to make themselves feel better because they haven't got what that person's got. I think we, we all do it. We all, we've all done it at some points in our lives. But 
I, was, I don't know, I was just thinking about this is a little going off a little bit on a tangent. I was just thinking the other um, minute ago. Mm. I have to say it before I forget. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing I used to find quite hard, but I used to find it really, really hard with particularly with our group of friends because all of you were in relationships quite young, around between the ages of 16 and 20. You were in long term relationships. And so every time we would do like a Christmas thing or a birthday or anything like that, I would find myself sat at the table being the only single person surrounded by all these couples. And that used to be quite hard. I don't know if I've ever told you this before, have I? No. Ah, yeah, I used to find Tell me, really, tell me. I used to hide it because, um, I think because I felt a bit embarrassed by it and I was like questioning myself, like in my early 20s and mid 20s. And um, partly because I didn't want to take like happiness away from you guys by putting oh god I feel like this on you but yeah I used to find it really hard when we would meet up and it was you know you and your partner our friends and their partners and we're having this happy time and I'm the one sat there the only one sat there who's single and this I, this used to happen in weddings as well weddings were the worst absolute worst because like I'm the only one who's single here amongst my friends and it used to I used to be quite lonely you know so there is a like dark side of being single where you do feel lonely when you look at like I used to get a little bit bitter sometimes and look at people and sometimes when people come up to me friends would come up to me and talk about their relationships problems they were having I'd be like but you've got someone you're lucky because you've got someone and I haven't and I found myself getting into that like pattern probably in my actually probably not that long ago to be honest with you and you know you had I kind of had to step back and think hang on a minute why why am I getting so worked up about this like is it because this is something that I want and I can't get it? Or is it because I'm holding myself back? But yeah, I used to find it really hard being around all these couples. I feel really sad that you didn't feel, and I understand what you're saying, but it's very sweet of you to not want to put a downer on us. But I feel sad that you never felt you were able to tell us that and mm. just have that open conversation with us so that we could be more aware of your feelings. Because then obviously unintentionally, we could be rubbing things in your face. And... I think that you, that surprises me because you have always, like, again, I didn't notice the fear at school and every wedding and like you say, every birthday we've been to, you blend in so well with all of us as a group yeah. uh, that I would never in a million years have picked up that it bothered you. And that's I mean, been completely I, honest. I did, I did obviously get on with all of you, obviously, and your partners, you know, I was friends with your partners as well. So it wasn't hanging out with you individually as people that was an issue at all. It was more the fact of sitting back and looking and being like, it, it was a feeling of loneliness because I was like, I'm the only person who's single here. And, you know, and then questioning that and being like, should I, should I not be single? Like, why is this happening? <laughs> you know, sort of thing. And it's only really been in the last, I would say, 18 months that I've really let that go a bit more and be like, do you know what? It doesn't matter. You know, I don't need to be in a relationship to be, you know, defined by a man again, sort of thing. Yeah. But I was like, I don't, I'm still friends with these people. I can still be friends with people who are in relationships. But it was just, I don't know why, I don't know where I'm going with this. But it was just, it was sort of, I don't know. I think I felt that was when the loneliness got really bad. And that was also at the time when I would get pressures from family and parents saying like, when are you going to get married? You need, you need, I remember my mum saying to me, you need a husband because, and I think this is the difference. You asked me earlier about the difference as an adult. 
Mm-hmm. This is the difference as an adult. She keeps telling me I need a husband financially because obviously I don't earn much money. I'm in the arts, so you know, which I I hate. Like I will not. I do not want to rely on someone financially. And um, she also, my I know my mum's concerned because obviously my parents are old and I'm an only child. So when they go, which you know could be, you know they're in their late seventies. You know it could happen soon. Um, they're worried that emotionally I won't be able to cope. And I think this has been a massive fear with me. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be on my own. And my mum used to say, oh, you need to find a husband because then you've got someone who's with you. And I kind of clung on to that. And then I would see the rest of you. And I used to get jealous and a little bit bitter about it because I was like, you've got someone and I haven't. And I know it's silly to think like that because I know that I have um, friends. I've got you guys who will always support me and I know I can go to when that horrible day does happen, which I'm hoping will not happen anytime soon. Um, yeah, it was just sort of thinking, I need someone. And this actually goes back to what you said about um, having to rely on rely on someone, rely on a man. Mm. And I think that's been the biggest struggle for me um, recently has been fear of that, of being having to deal with that on my own. I think... Thank you for being so open there, because that is a huge thing to admit. But what I find fascinating about what you said there is so often we are having to try and train women now to be basically much more like you, which is independent. And I find it fascinating that your lifestyle is almost trying to revert you to being someone that's needy and clingy to a man when you're actually fine on your own. Yeah. I mean, I've never actually caved into those feelings I still have them but I've still been able to I I don't know whether I've just got a strong will maybe but I've just I've never you know gone and done that just because which is amazing and actually I again admire you so much because so many people give into that fear and end up in relationships that are actually probably harming them sometimes because it's that it's better to have someone than be alone and that is so wrong because that's not true like that is the furthest thing from the truth and yet it's something that is still talked about everywhere and pushed on people everywhere like you are absolutely you are the fact that you can do this all on your own honestly is amazing and you will be you are an inspiration to so many other women who want to be able to be more independent no I'm serious though like who want to be more independent who want to be more self-sufficient but they feel like they can't do it without having a man as that support so the fact that you can do that is honestly like you need to give yourself more credit for that because it's people more people need to be like that because then that's when you find those relationships and I have no doubt that when the time is exactly right you are going to meet somebody and it's just going to click and fall into place because you are already there you are you are not needing a man like you said you're not giving into this peer pressure and running off to find someone because you just need to find someone you're just happily living your life and going about your day-to-day life and that is when you will meet the perfect person because there is no pressure you're not going out there going with the intent of I need to find someone you're having you're enjoying your life and then that person will just come in and it will completely knock you by surprise. And they are, and also to me, they are the best love stories when you meet someone <laughs> and it's like you were like, you might even hate them for a while. You might work with them and think, oh God, that guy's such a jerk. And then suddenly one day you'll be like, oh, actually. And I think that's amazing because you know it's genuine and you know it's yeah. for real rather than letting all the little insecurities or the voices of your parents or your family creep in and have an impact. And the fact that you can still even after, because I know how much, and I talk to my mum about this quite a lot, but if me and my mum have a different opinion on something, 
it really affects me because as much as I want to be independent, if my mum's, for example, when I first, um, this is me getting vulnerable now, but when I first broke up with my husband, we had quite different views on it to start with. And every time I couldn't get her on my page, we would end up having a really big argument because I I couldn't cope that she couldn't see, like, as in I couldn't just go, okay, mum, I see your side. I understand that, but this is how I see it. I couldn't cope that she couldn't agree with me on some things. And she was still an amazing support, but it was like, I needed that complete 100%. She needed to agree with absolutely everything I said. And if she didn't, I couldn't cope with that. So the fact that you are still like parents approval, even as an adult, is something I have briefly mentioned before as well. But I think that is something that, do you find that, that as much as you're not giving in, do you find it hard because you want the approval? I think we always want to, I mean, obviously I've always had a good, I know I said earlier that, um, with my with my parents it's like we don't really talk about relationships and sex and stuff Mm -hmm. but I have always had a good relationship with my parents you know I've been lucky there and I think you just have this it's I think it's pressure we put on ourselves where we feel like we have to make our parents proud and um I think this is quite a big thing for a lot of people because if you're not making someone proud whoever that person is whether it's a parent or a partner or whoever Mm. um you then start beating yourself down for it and this is when we get into like mental health issues and stuff like that so I think it's quite I think with everyone you with parents you do you want to you want them to be proud of you you want them to be able to say nice things about you sometimes I feel like if I haven't made my parents proud that they're embarrassed by me so I think that's like I think everyone sort of just wants to give them give them something back maybe yes and I think that they would never be embarrassed. I know your parents and they would never be embarrassed by you at all. But I do understand it's that feeling of, again, it's the successful life. And I think as human beings, it is science that we are programmed to sort of look at what everyone else is doing and see if we're matching up because it's it's almost like a pride, um, when I say uh, like a pack mentality, isn't it? Like we're fitting in with the crowd and then that feels like we're, yeah. we're on the right path. So for our parents, because that's such a strong bond, it's that I need them to be proud of me because then it means I'm a good person. It means I'm doing the right thing. So mm. I think, again, that just the fact that even though your mum has that view and you have a different view and you can stand in your own view without it causing too many big sort of issues is incredible. And you are a very, very strong person to be able to do that. <laughs> Thank you so much for being, again, just so open because these are things that are really difficult to talk about. But They I, are actually, yeah. I, I found it, but I, do you know what I love? Bearing in mind we are such good friends. I feel like I know you in a very different way in the space of what we've been talking for about 45 minutes and yeah (laughs) and I feel like I know you so much more than I did 45 minutes ago and I've known you for over 15 years do you know what I've found about you as well like obviously this last year you've obviously gone through some tough times I feel like you've changed a lot do you think yeah because I feel like you used to be very paranoid and um, anxious about things and yeah and uh, I feel like you've calmed down a lot more this year. I'd, I was going to ask you, I'm turning the tables back on you. Like, how is it being single? I'm actually really enjoying it. And I never thought I would say that because, you know me, from from year nine, I've always had a boyfriend. I very rare, even the silly ones that were a few weeks, like I, <laughs> there was always a boy on the cards. And I've spent a good eight months now, I think it is, just being me and living on my own and doing my own thing. And I've got to know myself in a way that I've never allowed myself to before, which is why I so wanted to talk to you about this because you've had that, you've made that a priority and that is amazing. And I do think 
my personal opinion is no one should now get into a serious relationship like okay this is probably a bit out there but I think really get to know yourself first and know who you are what you like what you don't like don't like you said don't let somebody else decide what's good for you you know what's good for you not somebody else and it's so easy I've lived a lot of my life and this is not to put anyone down but to please others and to make other people happy to make a relationship work and put my own wants and desires on a back burner so that they could get theirs and keep the relationship so my priority was a relationship while their priority was their career and I can understand that and that's the dynamic I created I was just as responsible for that but yeah being single I, I I'm loving it and I now know what I want in a relationship so again hopefully for me when that time comes and Mm. that person wants to be with me I rather than just people please I'll be like do does this person actually work for me and I'll question things a lot more but in a like you said in a calm way not in a in an anxious state so overall I am loving the single life this is good (laughs) I have definitely seen a change in you I think also because obviously you were quite young and you kind of missed being able to grow up through your 20s and I feel like now you're maturing more yes (laughs) yeah and so this is where you've got a different because I I feel like I would approach I've always felt like I would I approach relationships or I would approach a relationship very differently to the rest of you but I feel like now that you're out of this long-term relationship and you're experiencing it and you're experiencing being single rather and you're um, getting to know yourself more I feel like you're going to approach as you said you're going to approach relationships with a completely different head and I think it's more of an adult's head rather than a teenage head well do you know what is so interesting about you saying that is my my ex-husband and I well nearly ex-husband we talked um we talked a lot about this when we were talking about what we were going to do and we both admitted that it because we have been together since we were 19 when you have an argument doesn't matter how old you get unless you really teach yourself to grow up your brain will revert to how you first learned how to argue with each other Mm. so you might be 26 but you're still arguing like you're 19 and you might know all these adult things but you revert to what you know because it's what we will always do no matter how toxic a behavior is we will always do it when we know the outcome because it's what feels safe we won't try something maturer because we don't know what the outcome will be with that person and I completely agree with you so now whenever I am next in a relationship I will be approaching it as a 31 year old woman whereas I probably spent a lot of my relationship still being a 19 year old girl really in a lot of ways and again I've had conversations with other friends who have been in relationships since they were between 16 and 20 and they say exactly the same thing it is so hard to evolve and become an adult in your relationship when your brain just is so used to a certain way of being it's actually in a sense easier to be single and meet someone as an adult because you've both learned you've both been around the block probably however many times been around the block (laughs) (laughs) so you know what works in arguments and what doesn't so you can handle it in that adult way rather than still feeling like the 16 17 year old girl that's like well you said this so I'm not going to talk to you now it's hard to shake when it's all you've known yeah yeah I think that's the biggest difference I mean kudos to people who managed to who managed to stay with partners from a young age and completely grow grow together because I think it's it's growing and knowing who you are and I think this is where independence comes in I actually do think independence is a very very important thing um, for everyone really um, in terms of knowing who you are and if you're in a relationship that's not allowing you to have that independence that's going to affect you quite badly I just I just feel like the last year you've 
you're becoming a much stronger person than you were before and it's nice to see well thank you I appreciate that because I feel it and it's nice (laughs) it's nice that it's noted (laughs) I don't say it very often (laughs) (laughs) I know I'll take that get a compliment there we go Um, so my last question for you today is knowing everything you know now and everything we've talked about today what would you what is at least one thing you would love your younger self to know maybe the cat at school maybe a cat even in your early 20s what would you like her to know to just not worry about it like don't worry if you haven't got what someone else has got but you don't need to have it I think that's That's a very good answer I I actually think that I ask people this question quite a lot and this is talking about all sorts of different subjects but that seems to be a very common theme with the answer is don't stress and I yeah you know I spent most of my 20s stressing about so many insignificant things that now wouldn't even enter my radar to stress about and I think if yeah if you could get into that younger mindset and talk to yourself and be like everything figures itself out in the end and you could really know that Mm. life would be a lot easier so thank you so so much for sharing everything you have today I really appreciate how open you've been thank you for having me (laughs) no not at all um (laughs) but where can where can we find you so on social media things like that if people want to find out more about you and what you do where can they find you uh I'm on Instagram I think I'm Kat Callow (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I will send you the details so you can put it underneath is that what you do of course I will put yeah. all of Kat's details on the description of the podcast and what I will do in the introduction I will also make sure I've said it in the introduction clearly so if you want to find Kat's Instagram you can head to her page from the introduction and as I well. do have Twitter but I'm not 100% going with it yet so please follow <laughs> me on Twitter I don't have any followers <laughs> uh, I think I'm following you excuse me I know you are. Thank you. <laughs> Great. Well, uh, thank you. Yeah, just thank you for coming on, Kat. I've really loved it. That's all right. <laughs>